Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This content may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion advised. I felt my stomach drop. I felt the blood drain from my face. The term organ trafficking was more than mentioned. Standing there, completely still, just staring at me with its huge jet black eyes. From Disturbed Media, join your host, Chad, for true tales of horror, bizarre happenings, and unexplainable events. This is Disturbed. Thanks to Rocket Money for supporting Disturbed. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com disturbed. Welcome back in everyone and thanks for joining me. This week, I'm bringing you five true tales that will frighten and disturb. So sit back and listen close as we dive into the horror. We open the show with a submission from Jacqueline, featuring voice work by Sarah Thomas, and we hear a familiar voice in the woods. When I was about 14 years old, my family and I moved to a new apartment in upstate New York. There's a lot of small towns surrounded by a lot of forests, hiking trails, camping grounds, and such. I was a bit of a recluse, and my mother was very religious, and she would not want me to go to friends' houses or even get food offered by their families. My stepfather was very abusive, and would smack me around and often would strangle me or lock me in the closet for hours at a time. I dreaded staying home. My little sister was my stepfather's favorite, and she would always get away with things being small and still trying to say my name, which is Toadie. It's a family nickname for me. She was still in that state of saying my name over and over when she's happy or excited, clapping her little hands. We had a large trash can outside where I would toss trash into and often found old toys there. Next to it was an opening to the forest. I was very curious but also nervous to explore the forest, knowing no one would go in there with me. I began creeping in slowly each time I threw the trash out, each time more and more deeply. The forest was dense. I finally decided to try to find the end of the forest. So I walked in with a backpack and some snacks, water bottles, and a few supplies, just in case I got lost. Each time I walked in, I would have to go back since it got too dark each time. I decided to get up around 5 a.m. on a Saturday to get a head start. 
My mother didn't mind since she wanted me to find a way to get out of the house. This day was rather foggy and chilly in mid-October. I stood at the opening of the forest, and with a big sigh, I walked in. After every hour, I would tie a red ribbon I found in my mom's knitting basket around trees to avoid getting lost. I believe it could have been three hours of hiking with no end in sight yet. I found myself at a bunch of white birch trees, striped white and black. I spotted a nice opening in the middle of the six trees. I sat down on a boulder that laid there against one of the trees and opened my bag to fish out a turkey sandwich and some water. I took out a ribbon and tied it to the tree across from me. I stepped out of the circle and decided to press on. It may have been 10 minutes since I left that birch tree circle when it started getting dark, as if there was a rain cloud slowly hovering over me. Everything started getting darker and more eerie. I wasn't sure what was happening and I started getting really scared. I decided to turn back, but before I could, I heard, Toddy! I felt my stomach drop. I felt the blood drain from my face. Sissy? I said, my body attempting to move. Then I remembered, she can't even walk yet. Mom? Are you there? Toddy! It sounded like her voice, but it didn't change as if it was recorded and played back. The feeling of complete dread fell over me. I took a step back and ran, fast, until I left the birch tree's sight. I turned to see no one, but that feeling didn't leave me until I left the forest. I never went that deep in there again. I'm Tanya Eby, and this is Disturbed. Next up, we check in with Reddit user Reddit892, featuring voice work by Matt Bradford, and we realize we're not alone. About two or maybe three years ago, I was 17 years old, and at this point I was accustomed to being in horrible situations. As all I had was my mother, and she couldn't hold down a job for long because she had her own issues to tackle. So, as I grew up, we stayed in and out of roommate houses. We never really had our own place to stay, except twice. But those didn't last long either, and we'd be forced into a new environment with a snap of a finger. So, when I was 17, we found ourselves in a situation where we were going to be homeless again. I was used to it at this point, and I slept in the street more than I'd like. Well, the day comes and we have to leave our roommate house and my mom is able to stay at her boyfriend's trailer. I had nowhere to go as I had no friends at this point as I halted my friendships because they were bad for my health and mental state and, well, overall toxic. Now, my mom offered for me to go with her but I didn't want to feel like I was getting in between my mom and her boyfriend. It felt kind of weird. Plus, I was used to the street and I didn't think it was as bad as it was at the time. So, I get dropped off at a McDonald's and I eat some burgers before I go off into the streets once more. Eventually, the sun fled and darkness was all that remained, so I looked for a place to sleep for the night. I went into many places that night trying to sleep, but none of them were working because it was either too hot or the lights were too bright or the mosquitoes were biting me. That's when I remember a house that I used to go to chill in. This house was under construction and nearly finished, so the doors were all shut and the windows were all settled and There were no mosquitoes. I'd go through the back like I always did and make my way upstairs. 
Eventually, I settled in the bathroom because there was less debris on the floor. So I lay there and I tried to sleep. Eventually, I hear some sounds downstairs but didn't think anything of it. I figured it was the door that I came through swinging open and closed or something. Eventually, after laying there for maybe an hour, I open up my phone and look at old photos of my life, you know, thinking about how messed up it was that I got to this point and how I lost everything. The noises were still happening the entire time, but I paid no mind to it. Eventually, for whatever reason, I got up and go to sit down on the back of the porch because I just couldn't sleep. I make my way downstairs and out the back door to the porch. I'm messing around on my phone for maybe five minutes when it happens. I see movement to my left from the back door I just exited from. I glance over and time itself freezes. At first, I think that it's an illusion, but I was wrong. I see a man shrouded in darkness peering past the wall inside to gaze at me. The lower half of his figure was behind the wall entirely and I couldn't see anything but his upper body. The rest of his body is leaning to the left, peeking behind the wall, almost like the man was trying not to let me see his full body, as it would make his presence known. The man was a pure black silhouette, and I couldn't make out any features. After noticing him, I, I just sat there and stared at him for what seemed like forever, but was probably a minute or two. I expected him to come outside and talk to me, because I normally talk to a lot of homeless people, and I thought the man was just homeless. He didn't come outside, though. He didn't move at all, actually. He was as still as a statue, quiet as a mouse. Maybe if I hadn't noticed him, he would have stared at me the entire time. Eventually, after staring at him, I got up and got my bicycle and made my way out of the property. As I'm walking out the backyard, I peer into the window that is next to the door I saw the man in. The moonlight revealed the man is still there, only now he's watching me walk out of the property. I could tell because the moonlight revealed the top of the man's head and I saw his left eye gazing at me. He was a white male who was very tall and had a jacket of some kind on. I couldn't make out any details because he is still cloaked in darkness. After seeing this, I just move a little faster out of there. I got to the front of the house in the street and look inside to see if I can see him again, but I couldn't. I got on my bicycle and waved goodbye to the house because I figured the man was still watching me. Then I drove away. For the rest of the night, I couldn't sleep. I tried two different spots, but both were no luck. This is where my story ends. I know I don't have a crazy chase or fight to the death or anything, but this is real life and it's not the same as the movies or books. I don't know what the man was doing in there. I assume he was trying to sleep like I was, but the way he was staring at me was very unnerving. It makes me wonder how long the man was in the house for and what would happen if I actually fell asleep in the house. I mean, would he stare at me while I was asleep completely blinded to his presence? Or did he have other intentions? I will never know, but now I don't go into houses like that anymore after this experience. So, to the man shrouded in darkness, let's not meet again. You're listening to Disturbed from Disturbed Media. We live in the subscription service era. Everything from streaming services to fitness apps and programs. And managing all these subscriptions feels nearly impossible. But there's actually a way to control the chaos. 
Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. With just the press of a button, you can easily cancel those subscriptions you no longer use or want on Rocket Money's user-friendly platform. So recently, I took a closer look at what I was spending on, and I found a few subscriptions of my own that I was paying for but not even using. And let me tell you, it's frustrating when you realize this. So I can totally understand how most people think that they're spending somewhere around $80 on subscriptions, when in reality it's actually closer to $200. We get lost in all those free trials and services, and then forget to cancel when we're done with them. Not only will Rocket Money help you cancel those unwanted subscriptions, but you can also monitor all your expenses in one place. And it'll give you custom budget recommendations based on how you've spent your money in the past. And with over 3 million users and counting, Rocket Money customers have saved an average of $720. $20 a year. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com disturbed. That's rocketmoney.com disturbed. Next up, we check in with Reddit user PrettyGreenEyes93, featuring voice work by Danuta Marie, and we face a stranger in the house. I grew up with my dad and my brother. My mom died when I was 10. I was 13 at this point, and my brother was 16 and was out with friends. I used to go out late at night drinking in the park with friends. My dad was an alcoholic and always too drunk to know if I was at home or not. I had free reign and no rules or boundaries. My dad used to invite random alcoholic drug-using strangers into the house, often when I came home. These strangers and my dad would be passed out asleep from too much alcohol, or they would barely notice I was there and I'd go straight to my room. One day, I'd come back from being out with friends. It was the early hours. I walked through the living room to go upstairs to my room, and my dad was asleep on the armchair. The guy he'd brought back was around mid-fifties. I didn't recognize him. He looked at me, and something was off about him. He smiled and stared and tried to start a conversation with me, but I was keen to get to my bedroom. I went upstairs and got my pajamas on for bed and then dashed to use the bathroom. As I was walking to the bathroom, he said to me, you look nice in those pajamas, and he was smiling at me and creeping me out. I went back to my room instead of using the bathroom and I shut the door behind me. I had a lock on my bedroom door and I used that. He was then trying to open my bedroom door, and I was so scared because I knew something was off and that he had bad intentions. I dragged my bed across the room to block the door, in case he barged it open and broke the lock. He's knocking on the door. I'm just trying to say hello. Don't be so rude. Open the door. I'm not responding. I'm panicking. I was a smart 13-year-old, and I knew I was in danger. The bed is blocking the door, and it's still locked and I can hear him pushing against the door trying to get inside. I open my bedroom window and I scream again and again, Help! Help, please! at the top of my lungs. What I later found out was that my neighbor heard me, and knowing my dad was an alcoholic, was assuming something had happened to him. He came round. He must have seen that my dad was asleep. He comes up to my room and he's knocking to get in and I can hear his voice. A voice of safety. Although I trusted my neighbor, I'm so shaken up that I'm now just sitting in the corner of my room in a ball crying, 
shaking and panicked. He knocks the door open, and it is pushing it open against the weight of the bed. He came in and checked on me, assuming I must be hurt. He just holds me whilst I compose myself and try to explain what has happened. The man is now gone. But I knew he could come back any time in the future, and my dad was never sober enough for me to have ever been able to explain. This was the final straw for social services, and that's the night I ended up in the care system. I ended up living with my auntie until 16, so I had it much easier than most. Get your voice on Disturbed with our hotline, available 24-7 completely free. Tell us your experience or just leave your comments on the show. Visit hotline.disturbedpodcast.com on your mobile device or computer. Up next, we check in with Reddit user Peppy Spray Pete, featuring voice work by John Patnode. And we wake up to something truly terrifying. I've been up since 5 a.m., and I just can't get this off my mind. So, last night I'm sleeping, and I'm having a nightmare that I'm in an apartment, looking into a kitchen area. And the drawers, cabinets, and a door to the pantry were all opening and closing and moving by themselves. Almost like poltergeist activity. I was scared in the dream, so I began praying. And then my wife, who was in bed next to me, kicked my foot and woke me up because I was clearly distressed and mumbling a lot in my sleep. Here's where things get weird. I jump awake because my wife kicked my foot, and feeling relieved to not be having a nightmare anymore, I turned my head towards my wife, who was playing beside me, and said, Thank you, babe. I'm really sorry about that. I was having a nightmare. But I don't hear any response, so I figure that she's already fallen back to sleep, or might just be so tired that she's still kind of out of it. Then I turned my head back to facing towards the direction I was facing the whole time I was sleeping. And I noticed something in the corner of the room, standing in front of the bedroom door. The room was dark, but its skin still appeared to be like a dark, matte gray color. It was really thin, had thin legs, and long, thin arms, a small, almost childlike torso, a narrow neck, and then a really big, bulbous head with huge black almond-shaped eyes. It looked exactly like a traditional gray alien, but it was slightly transparent. Needless to say, I was shocked. And to be honest, my very first reaction was that I was seeing things because I'd just woken up. So I rubbed my eyes, and it's still right there. Trying not to panic, and trying to come up with a rational explanation for it, I thought, this must just be dream chemicals still working in my brain. So I sit up slightly and look into the other corner of her bedroom by the closet, expecting to see something there too, but there's nothing. Then I look at the ceiling. Nothing. The floor? Nothing. The other wall? Nothing. I was back at the corner by the bedroom door, and it's still right there. Standing there, completely still, just staring at me with its huge jet black eyes, which were shaped like almonds and appeared to wrap just slightly around the side of its head, much larger than a human's eye. And it's still slightly transparent, but I'm seeing it clearly. And only in that one spot too, not anywhere else in the room. 
Now, because the Texas power grid sucks, I always sleep with a flashlight next to the bed. And after seeing this thing for about a minute and a half, it occurs to me to grab the flashlight. I lean off the bed, reach down and grab the flashlight, shine it in the corner of the room at this being. And because it's transparent, it became much less visible when I shined the light on it. I could still see it very slightly, but it was much less. Again, in disbelief at what I was seeing, I began slowly scanning the whole room with the flashlight. From the bed, of course. I wasn't going to try to get out of bed. I was way too scared, to be honest. And again, I see absolutely nothing strange anywhere in the room at all. Except for this thing I can see in the one corner by the bedroom door. I turn the flashlight off, and instantly, I can see it super clearly again, just staring at me. I rub my eyes again and squeeze my eyes tightly together, hoping that when I opened them, it'd be gone. But it wasn't. So, finally, I began truly freaking out internally, and I just began praying out loud. And after about 20 seconds of praying, I literally watched this thing just fade out of existence, and dematerialize right in front of me. It was still standing there dead still and staring at me the whole time, it just seemed to suddenly begin becoming increasingly transparent until it was just not there anymore and it was gone. I've been awake since then. Spent the rest of the night reading random stuff here on Reddit to try and distract myself because the experience shook me up quite a bit to be honest. I was wondering if anyone else here has ever experienced something like this? I feel so genuinely weirded out that I just don't know what to make of it to be honest. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Just a few nights ago, I was laying in bed and I had so many thoughts running through my mind about the events of the day and what would be coming tomorrow. I could not fall asleep for the life of me. Do you ever find that just as you're trying to fall asleep, your brain suddenly says, nah brah, and won't stop talking? I actually have this happen fairly regularly, and it always adds maybe 30 to 60 minutes before I'm able to drift off to sleep. Well, it turns out a great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk them through. Who knew, right? This is just one of the benefits of therapy, and there's a laundry list more. It's not just for people who've experienced a major trauma. It actually empowers you to be the best version of yourself and learning positive coping skills. Now, as a listener of Disturbed, maybe you've heard a story or two on this very podcast that deeply troubled you in a profound way. I've actually had a few listeners write in about this happening to them. If there's something weighing heavily on you, BetterHelp is there so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. BetterHelp gives you the added benefit of being entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Now you'll get matched with a licensed therapist, and if that one just isn't quite the right fit for you, you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com DTHS to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash D as in Dan, T as in Tom, H as in Harold, and S as in Sam. Using our link helps support the podcast. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. 
In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Disturbed. Now, back to the horror. And we close out the show hearing from Reddit user Fapnatic, featuring voice work by Tanya Eby, and we have a near-deadly date experience. My name is Janelle. I'm a 21-year-old French girl. Sorry about my English. A student in France. Tired of not finding true love, I decide to lose my virginity with my best friend. Then I find a fantastic sex friend with which I get along wonderfully, on all levels, for three months. Then sounds the time to throw me, because I still love my ex. Little fragile that I am, I make my first suicide attempt, go to the emergency, then the mental hospital. For the smart ones among you, you will have understood that I was already in depression for a few months, under treatments I mean, with a strong penchant for alcohol. To complete this auto-destruction mechanism, what better than dating apps? The match. A few weeks after my release from the mental hospital, I match up to make new encounters and especially forget my dear and tender sex friend. I always meet the guys at home for a first date because I have zero experience, and that's what I did for my very first date. One fine day comes when I match a guy. Let's call him Matthew. Matthew is not very beautiful, and has a few extra pounds, but I'm not Beyonce either, so I match. We laugh a little, we have some common tastes, and especially he smokes weed, so I thought, perfect plan to smoke some joints. He gives me some personal information like his address, no idea if it's the real one, and his job, or rather old job, he just got fired. Work or not work, I don't care. I don't want to do my life with him anyway. I explained to him that I am fragile, and that I come out of a kind of mental clinic, that I am depressed, blah, 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 blah. It's all for the sole purpose of making him understand that you can't play with me. I also tell him that I'm looking for a sex session, but still with discussion, complicity, hugs, etc., and not just a shot in 20 minutes and it's done. He assures me that this is what he is looking for too, and that he is actually very cuddly. Perfect. After only one or two days of discussion, we agree on a date. Mojito party at my house, and he brings some joints. The meeting. Matthew arrives. He is really not cute. Even worse than in the photos. He has a dirty look like greasy hair, stained t-shirt. A style of teenager who is still looking despite his 26 years. But I desperately need company. I offer him to make the drinks while I choose a film on television. He runs and passes on the kitchen side to prepare two mojitos before joining me in the sofa. We talk a bit. He is not very smart or very interesting. I drown in my drink hoping to animate the party alone. And this is a three-day blackout. Reconstitution. According to our dear Matthew, we would then have drunk and smoked while watching a film before going into the bedroom. I vaguely remember being naked on my bed and seeing him dressed above me looking at me before turning his heels and slamming the door. 
My phone is discharging. My alarm clock is not ringing. I am away from a work group appointment, so my friends are worried and call me. They can't contact me, so they contact my sister, but she also goes to voicemail. The girls come down from my house and ring again and again, but no answer. They call the firemen, who manage to open the bottom door, but not the door to my apartment. They knock on the door calling me and I end up opening the door. Dressed in a blanket to hide my nakedness, I look at them with incomprehension. The firemen conclude that I'm hungover and break up while my friends help me get dressed. They also think I drank too much. They notice that my body is covered with yellow betadine on my arms, legs, stomach, etc. I told them that I burned my arm yesterday and that I wanted to heal myself, but no sign of a burn or anything's on my arm. Besides, I don't even own Betadine. They take my cat and take me back to one of their houses, since I am in a comatose state. I have trouble speaking. I look completely elsewhere, as anesthetized, and I even seem to have trouble thinking. The next day my sister comes to pick me up, so that I can stay with her for a few days. Everyone is convinced that I tried to kill myself with drugs and alcohol. I start complaining about pain in the vulva and blood loss. My pill stops my period completely. So my sister takes me to the hospital. I explain to them that I, having a report, may be unprotected since I was unconscious. Hepatitis B vaccine, anal and vaginal samples, hair sample, etc. I'm advised to file a complaint and I'm being redirected to the OB emergency. The next day I finally regained consciousness, gently. My relatives see it right away. I am a little more lively and my remarks consistent. Meet me in the GYN emergency. I get swabs done, and I get preventive AIDS treatment. Over the course of a week, I made a series of appointments for blood samples, urine samples, etc., and I went to file a complaint with the testimony of my friends who met me at home, and my sister who took care of me. After talking about it around me to people my age, older people, but especially medical staff and the police, the term organ trafficking was more than mentioned. They think the guy chickened out at the last minute. Despite my complaint, my bed full of betadine, my underwear torn off, and the blood on the doors of my apartment, my attacker got nothing and I will never know what really happened and what he really wanted. I would like to point out that I used to drink and smoke in addition to my treatment, and that never before have I had a blackout of three days. I'm pretty sure he put something in my drink. It's good to talk about it anyway. Follow our social channels on Facebook and Instagram at Disturbed Podcast and on Twitter at Disturbed underscore pod. Thanks to our sponsor, Rocket Money. If you're interested in saving money on your subscriptions, please use our special link at rocketmoney.com disturbed. Thanks also to BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash DTHS to get 10% off your first month of online therapy. A big shout out to our newest plus members, Thomas, Trisha Montero, Olga, Sierra Arisp, and Anthony Guillen. If you enjoyed the show, please consider joining plus at disturbedpodcast.com slash plus. 
But if you can't, consider leaving a positive rating and review on your favorite listening platform. Share your own true horror story at disturbedpodcast.com. Music by Carl Casey at WhiteBatAudio and Co.ag. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to stay safe out there, y'all.